You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello and welcome to Groom for Improvement on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Allie McLennan. So, the dog days of summer are upon us. There is so much to do to summarize your pet, and so much of it is done on the grooming table. Should you shave your pet down? Should you not shave your pet down? Does your pet actually need sunscreen? How do you get sand out of a husky's coat? So don't worry. I'm going to get you and your pet through the summer heat. Right after this word from our sponsors, we will dive right in. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco. Where the pets go. Petco. Where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Groom for Improvement on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Allie, and today we are talking about summarizing your pet as it pertains to my grooming table. So I'm going to start with some frequently asked questions, and then I'm going to tell you some things that I want you all to know about summarizing your pet, and I'm going to give you some product recommendations that I bet you didn't even knew existed. So first of all, and I think I'm going to start with, I'm going to tackle the the hardest subject first. This is very controversial and people are very opinionated about it. So let's talk about to shave down your pet or not to shave down your pet in these harsh, hot summer months. So it is true that if you have a dog with a thick undercoat, you know, like a Newfoundland, uh, a Husky, a Shetland Sheepdog, it is true that 
a lot of the undercoat serves as insulation to keep them warm in cold weather, but it also serves to keep them cooler in hot summer months. It sort of keeps their body temperature regulated. So even though it seems very counterintuitive to say, don't shave your dog down, leave them with this big, thick coat, and it will actually keep them cooler. However, it does insulate uh, your dog from that hot summer heat, as well as your cat. So I would say, you know, a lot of times people come into my shop and they ask, you know, what are the pros, what are the cons? And one argument that I always find, absolutely, I get it. I will always try and steer someone away from shaving down any sort of shepherd, a dog with a thick undercoat. I'll say, please take a big deshedding. Let's keep the coat intact. It's there for a reason. However, one might say, you know, a Shetland sheepdog was bred by farmers to be in pretty much 50 degree rainy weather all the time. And, you know, it was never meant to live in a two-bedroom apartment in Tempe, Arizona in 110-degree heat. So I get it, (laughs) and I am not one of those groomers that will lay down in the street and block the door and say, no, never shave down your Newfoundland, because I totally get it. I will try to talk everyone out of it. However, I will shave down certain dogs when it's, you know, appropriate when the dog is safe. There are certain breeds I want you to consider to never, ever shave down. Because of my experience, when I first started grooming, I would, you know, bend to the desires of an owner. I would shave down. I once shaved down a husky. I once shaved down a Malamute, believe it or not. I still have a Malamute that comes to my shop. And once um, I was wise enough in my first year of grooming to talk a German Shepherd owner out of shaving the dog down, later saw the dog that was shaved down by another groomer. And here's what happens. When that undercoat, undercoat is that fluffy white fur, generally white, sometimes amber colored, that insulates the dog. When it's not kept in by the guard coat, which is that thick, glossy coat on the top, it sort of um, tends to disperse like a dandelion. So the skin is not protected. It's susceptible to sunburn, to the elements. And since the skin of these dogs is uh, dependent on this undercoat and the guard coat, it's much more sensitive than your skin and then skins of other breeds. So what tends to happen is that the dog will shed much more. The dog will develop skin conditions. And the hair sometimes will not grow in in patches. Since we've disturbed the growth cycle of the hair, the guard coat isn't there to sort of keep that undercoat in. It disperses, patches never grow back, dermatitis can set in. So I, those certain breeds, I would say, please don't shave down. Other breeds, you can get away with it more. One reason people want to shave their pet down is to avoid shedding in these hot summer months. But here's the thing about that. Your dog will still shed, the hair will just be shorter. <laughs> so the, really the best way to guard against shedding is brush downs, consistent grooming, and a diet that's rich in essential fatty acids. So, you know, but again, like I say, I do get it. There will be less shedding, you know, because the hair will be shorter, but your pet will definitely still shed. Now, certain breeds that I will absolutely endorse shaving down for, uh, for the summer months are dogs that have a drop coat, which means they don't have that undercoat. So a dog like a Shih Tzu, Havanese, a Maltese, a Yorkie, while it's not going to make them that much cooler than, say, a puppy cut, which would be fluffy, it will, however, make your job easier. You can wet them down for their walks without worrying about drying them down or getting them matted. 
You can check for fleas and ticks and burrs when you take them out to the beach. You can also make sure that they don't have lice when they've been in the sand. You can get that sand out a lot easier. So here are some things I want you to be aware of if you do decide to shave your dog down. Number one, sunscreen. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Number two, you want to make sure that when they go out into the woods, their skin is going to be much more susceptible to the elements like burrs and sticks and whatever. So you're going to want to make sure to keep an eye on them so that they don't um, scratch their skin up since they don't have that coat to protect them anymore. So that is the one of the most important things that everyone talks about. So if at all possible, keep the coat intact, but I get it. I'm with you. <laughs> So next, I would like to talk about flea and tick prevention. Very important in these summer months. Now, since it's been such a mild winter all over the country, this is one of the worst flea and tick seasons on record. Since the fleas and ticks had a head start, they started reproducing early. At this point in the game, it's pretty bad. And I've seen a lot of it in my shop. So in the best case scenario, the best way to get rid of fleas and ticks is never to have them. So I want everyone to think about using a monthly preventative if you're not already. Now, that's these things that you see in the pet store. There's Frontline, Advantix, Fipperguard, Pet Armor. You have so many choices. What is it? Why does it work? And which one should I get, right? Well, the active ingredient that you're looking for, if you have never seen a flea and tick on your dog, is fipronil. Now, fipronil is a medicine that goes into your pet's skin, sort of comes in this little package, and you squeeze it right between their shoulder blades. I'm going to give you some do's and don'ts on application in a second. But that medicine goes into their system and is stored in their sebaceous glands so that your pet is protected after a bath, when it rains, it lasts for one month. This is really the best way to prevent against fleas and ticks. Once an adult flea or tick bites your pet, it will die instantly. So uh, you'll never have to worry about, you know, eggs being laid, larvae, anything like that, infestations. Best way to guard against your yard being infested, your house being infested, your bed being infested. Now, if you've seen a flea or a tick and you have removed it and you're just you're worried now that there might be eggs or larvae in the system, what you want to do is you want to look for the plus version of, say, you know, Frontline Plus or Advantix 2. And the ingredient that you're looking for, if you've already seen a flea or a tick or evidence of them, is not only Thipronil, but also something called Methoprene. Now, Methoprene is a fancy way to say it is it's called a growth regulator. And what that means is that it will kill all stages of the fleas and ticks. So while fipronil, which is the best way to prevent about it, will only kill the mature version of a flea or a tick, the methoprene will kill the eggs and the larvae and the immature fleas and ticks. So you really don't need it if, you, if you're using Frontline and uh, you keep up with it, you use it every month. You're never going to have to worry about Frontline Plus. But if you've already seen a flea or a tick, you want to make sure to destroy that growth cycle. Now, what is the difference between Frontline and Advantix? Well, Advantix also kills, also kills fleas and ticks, but also kills mosquitoes and uh, lice. So if you're, you know, on a beach or in very humid weather, mosquitoes can um, carry some, some other sorts of other diseases that you might want to prevent against. So if you are in an area that's heavy with lice, 
you might want to consider using Advantix. Works in exactly the same way, applied in the same way. So let's talk about some do's and don'ts about applying your monthly preventative. So one thing that always happens in my shop, it happened just yesterday, it happened just last week, and it will probably happen tomorrow, is that most of these monthly preventatives are sold in packs of three. So on the front of the box, it says, good for three months. That doesn't mean that each individual package is good for three months. That means that there's three one-month doses in the package. Happens all the time. Someone comes in with ticks and they say, but I just applied Frontline two months ago. And I say, I'm so sorry, exactly, but I found a tick and you have to go to the vet and have your pet checked for Lyme disease. So it's very sad and it's such an easy mistake to make. So I say combine your monthly flea and tick prevention with something you do every month, like paying your rent or paying your cable bill or mowing the lawn. I don't know. I don't have a lawn. I don't know how often you're supposed to mow the lawn, but some monthly household chore so that you remember it every month because missing it by a little bit is a, it's a pretty hard mistake to come back from. Now, I've consulted a lot of vets, so if you have fleas and ticks on your dog and you didn't use a monthly preventative, what can you do? So I've talked to a lot of vets about this, and but like I say, this is very general, and everybody's dog and cat is very particular, so always consult your vet you know, about this, your specific situation. But this has worked a lot in my shop, and because I'm using a lot of chemicals, I always consult a vet to make sure I'm doing the right thing. This is what usually happens. A dog comes in with fleas and ticks, I do a flea and tick bath. I really recommend using Sargent's. It has, um, it's very gentle on the skin and it always does the job. You do two uh, baths with uh, the flea and tick bath, get it very, very lathery. And what happens is the ticks will not detach, but they will die. And all the fleas will rise at the top of that lather. Leave it on for 10 minutes. No matter what anyone says, leave it on for 10 minutes. You want to rinse off with a very, very powerful water stream because you want to knock off all the flea dirt because your pet will be allergic to the dirt and the saliva of the flea, you know, as as well as suffering from the poison that's in its system. So you want to do that twice, once, twice. Next, dry your pet bone dry, as dry as you can get your pet. Leave no question that there's any water on your pet. And then apply the front line to the shoulder blades and make sure that the pet doesn't get wet for 72 hours after that. Now, that is extreme. That's a lot of chemicals in the system all at once. I have consulted many vets who say, and I actually called the 800 number a couple times from Frontline to make sure that was okay. It is an extreme situation, but it has worked every time. Now, while that's happening, someone at your house should take all of your pet's bedding, the carpets, the drapes, anything that's fabric that won't stand still should be washed in very hot water, about 140 degrees or above. Give a very thorough cleaning to all of your, any place where they could go, any crevices, so that once your pet comes back and is clean, they're not reinfested in your house. So if you're using the monthly preventative and you really don't have to use a flea and tick bath in addition to, a lot of times people come in on their way to the beach to the shop and they say, before you frontline my dog, will you give them a flea and tick bath? 
but flea and tick baths don't prevent fleas and ticks. They simply kill them once they're on your pet. So you don't need that otherwise. Also, a flea collar is not necessary if you're using a monthly preventative. In fact, they're a little bit dangerous to other cats and dogs. If, uh, you know, if there's playing, rough housing, you know, those um, chemicals will get in the other dog's mouth and they're really superfluous. You don't need them if you already are using a monthly preventative. So I hope that cleared up some of your questions about flea and tick prevention. We are going to take a short break from a message from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, is it safe to go in the pool, the chlorine pool with your pet? Do you need sunscreen? There's so much more to talk about, like paw pads on hot pavement. So right after from this word from our sponsors, we're going to dive into all that. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus, free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Backs are powerful bagless upright backings for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Pets can be a wonderful addition to your life because they're a member of the family. Keeping them healthy and happy is important. Pet Life Radio presents The Pet Doctor with veterinary media consultant and veterinarian Dr. Bernadine Cruz. Whether you have a dog, cat, reptile, or rabbit, you'll find answers for your pets straight from the vets. The Pet Doctor, on demand every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to Groom for Improvement on Pet Life Radio. I am still Allie and I am still your host and we are still talking about summarizing your pet as it pertains to grooming. 
So in the last half of the show, we covered the big guns. We talked about shaving down your pet and we talked about flea and tick prevention. So now we're going to get into the the nitty gritty of the summer, stuff that you might not even know you need to know, such as doggy sunscreen. So, you know, fur only goes so far. Just like us, you know, we are, we dogs and cats are in danger of getting sunburned. So the fur does provide some degree of protection, but the bridge of the nose, the ear tips, the skin surrounding the lips, and areas lacking pigmentation are so vulnerable. In addition, if you are shaving down your dog or your cat, or if there has been hair loss due to illness or medical treatment, the skin is exposed and it's at risk for not only sun damage and blistering, but also cancer. So it's a very important If you have a dog that's susceptible, dogs with light pigmentation, I see so many bulldogs and all of our little white pitties that run around the city. I see them a lot with sunburns. So it's really something to keep in mind. So uh, the simplest choice for sunscreen you might think would be to use your own sunscreen, but it actually does not work. The problem with that is that the skin of a dog or a cat is not the same pH balance of human skin. They also have, they need different degrees of UV sensitivity. And, um, you know, PABA can be irritating to skin, even toxic to cats. And a further problem is that many sunscreens are just oily and they'll stain your upholstery if your dog wants to stretch out and take a nap. So not surprisingly, people are making sunscreens just for your pets, and they're very easy to get on. Some of my favorites are Doggles and NutriVet. These are great. They're well-known. They're at any big box pet store. Really great to know about. And, you know, another one that just came out that I really like is EpiPet. It has like a sunscreen spray. So great for your white dogs. It, however, is not safe for pets yet. But um, EpiPet, I actually asked them not too long ago because <laughs> I called to make sure that you could use it on cats because it only is recommended for dogs. But it contains something called a salicite, and it's harmful to cats if it's ingested. And we all know our cats do nothing but groom all day long. But they did tell me, they assured me that they are working for one for cats. So you might want to use that before a long walk. Do make sure to apply it once a day. Just like a human being, it wears off. So if you did it last night, it's not going to be okay for the morning. You have to do that more than once. So doggy sunscreen, uh, you want to pay attention, especially the tips of the ears and that long strip on their back where the, the hair can get a little bit worn off. Okay, next, let's talk about your dog in the pool. So many dogs like to jump in the pool and swim around, and I'm asked a lot, what are the effects of chlorine on your dog? Well, naturally, you don't want your pet in the pool if it's going to be drinking the water. So it might be a good idea to keep your puppy out of the pool as they don't know yet, you know, that they're not ingesting it. An older dog will be a little bit more clueful about that. If the dog is swimming in chlorine in the water, it can cause some irritation after prolonged exposure to the chlorine. It can irritate a dog's eyes. It can dull its coat quite a bit. So after your dog gets out of the pool, it's a great idea just simply to rinse them off with fresh water from a hose. Now, some areas that will still be affected after that are the eyes. Uh, you want to make sure to get in there with the eyes and get all the chlorine out of your dog's eyes, and particularly their paw pads and their noses. So before your dog goes swimming in your pool, hopefully not your neighborhood pool, (laughs) in your own pool, you want to apply. Now, I know it sounds crazy, but a lot of people wish they knew this before. You want to apply a nose balm and a paw balm. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know that sounds a little highfalutin, but a cracked nose and cracked pads are going to make it a miserable summer for your dog, and you'll be happy you did it. As far as nose balm goes, there's a great one that I love called um, the Snout Soother. It's made by Natural Dog, and Blissful Dog makes a great nose balm as well. Just put a little bit on their noses. And uh, the next tip I have is to put a product called Musher's Secret on their paw pads. And we're going to talk more about paw pad protection in a minute. But, yeah, so if your dog likes to go swimming in the pool, no reason they can't. But they have to be rinsed out with fresh water and you have to pay special attention that their nose and paw pads don't get dried out. And, again, if your dog ingests chlorine, you want to take them to the vet. They're probably going to have diarrhea, be ill, and extremely dehydrated. Also, if your pool has just been shocked, which means a lot of people will do like a blast of chlorine to clean their pool. So when it is heavily chlorinated, keep your animals, well, keep your, always keep your cat out of the pool. <laughs> and well, unless you have a savanna or something descended from an African serval, they love to swim, but they should always be closely monitored as your dog should be. But uh, keep your dog out of the pool if it's recently been shocked because the chlorine level is just too high. Also, even when you're rinsing them down, keep an eye on their eyes because it can cause a lot of irritation. So we were just talking a little bit about paw pads. And here in New York City, as well as everywhere else, everyone wants to know, how do I protect my dog's paw pads from the hot pavement and from the sand? Well, in a perfect world, we would never take our pets out in extremely hot weather. You would do it in the morning and in the evening. Otherwise, keep them on grass. However, you know, these things happen and it's better to be safe than sorry. So there's something called Musher's Secret. It is the greatest idea. Here in the Northeast, we use it a lot because there is, in the winter, all sorts of salt on our sidewalks. And it's a wax that goes on, completely ingestible, safe for dogs. It's actually what's used on uh, huskies and malamutes that pull sleds in the Iditarod. (laughs) So you know it's good there, but it's not only for winter, it's also for summer. It's a wax that you um, apply to your dog's pads, their feet, making sure to get it in all the little crevices so that they don't crack and they don't wear out. And it just serves as like a little bit of a protector for your dog's paw pads. Now, you don't want to overdo it. It's not a, you know, it's not like putting a shoe on your dog, but it is an extra layer of protection. It does not melt off in the heat. It does not get on your furniture. And if your dog ingests it, completely safe. Their their poop will just be a little waxy. People have asked me and I have looked. (laughs) and uh, completely safe for dogs. So it's called Musher Secret. You can buy it at any specialty pet store. And uh, just make sure that you get it all the way in the cracks, especially if your dog is going into the sand. And a great other tip is to, uh, when you're leaving, you know, the, the beach, dip one of your towels in a little bit of water. So when you're there packing up the car, that's when a lot of burns happen to dogs' paw pads, I'm always told. Put that wet towel down on the ground while you're packing up the car so your dog's not sitting in the hot car or getting its paw pads burned on the hot pavement. Now, if your dog is experiencing burning paw pads, you can usually tell that if they're limping, if they're licking them a lot, they'll be a little bit red. And sometimes you can't tell if it's a dark pigment or not. And a lot of time, dogs don't know their paw pads are burned, particularly labs are so, you know, adaptable to pain that you won't know until there's an infection, a blister or a crack. So now if that happens, you want to go see your vet and you want your dog to, to rest and heal its paw pads. Um, the musher secret doesn't work. Any sort of wax is not going to work to heal a crack or a burn. It's only to prevent cracks and burns. So the last thing I want to talk about is how to get sand 
out of your pet's coat. Now, I have tried every method. There are so many old wives' tales, but here is what I know about getting sand out of your pet's coat. So you go to the beach, you're staying with a friend. At the end of the day, your dog is coated in sand and you're so embarrassed to have to go at your beach house that you've rented or go into your aunt's, you know, beach house that she's been kind enough to let you stay at with your dog. So how do you get it out? Now, here's what I know. Don't bathe your dog with like shampoo to get it out. It will not work. If you rub the sand into the coat, it's just going to stay more. It's sort of designed that way. Particularly if you have like an Australian Shepherd or a Golden Retriever, the more you scrub and rub, the more that sand is going to stay in there. Sand needs to be brushed out or blasted out. (laughs) And what that means is you want to get a hose or a shower attachment or anything you can that has a very high stream of water, very high pressure. So you need to make that as hard as possible to blast that sand out. A lot of it will fall out. Then you're going to want to brush that out. And here's the other trick. The fur has to be dry to brush out the sand. You know, sand is sort of designed that way. If the coat is wet, that sand's going to hang on for dear life. And then as your dog dries, it's going to get everywhere. So my second bit of advice is you getting, you know, you can find them not too expensive on like PetEdge.com, a high velocity dryer. You can actually dry the sand out of your pet's fur. So you dry and brush, dry and brush, dry and brush, the sand comes off. Now, a couple of the wives' tales that I have heard, I've tried a couple of them, and it actually kind of works on certain dogs. If you or your children are completely dry and sandy, you can sprinkle a little bit of baby powder on your skin, and that sand falls right off. It's the greatest tip. I thought that was brilliant. I just tried it on my nieces. I then tried it on my Italian greyhound, and it worked like a charm. All the sand fell right off. I then... Tried it on my friend's brown lab. Not so much. It was a huge mess. And then when she tried it later herself, thinking perhaps she could get it done, the dog was wet. Baby powder was everywhere. It doesn't work on long-haired dogs. Short-haired dogs, a kid, awesome, but didn't especially work on a long-haired dog. Now, something that I found that worked great was I put a little bit, uh, there was a long hair, uh, it was like a shepherd mix, fairly long hair, a lot of undercoat. I maybe would compare this dog to a golden retriever. And since I've recommended this, people with similar long breed coats, Yorkies, it seems to work like a charm. Before you get your pet wet, or I should say as you get your pet wet, you take them to the pool wet, you take them to the beach wet, you put a little bit of doggy conditioner in with their coat so they're conditioned before they ever get wet. And then when the sand hits them, they've been swimming for a little bit, that brush out is so much easier and the sand doesn't really adhere like it did to a coat that was not treated. And the same effect can be achieved with a little bit of glosser. I know that that's a part of the pet section that's really only groomer go to. But they do sell a coat glosser. It's sort of like a leave-in conditioner. And you put a little bit of that in a wet dog, then send them out to the beach, the surf, because wouldn't it be awful if your dog couldn't swim all summer? I think that it would be. So these are my top suggestions. Also, when you take your dog for a walk, you know, and it's very hot weather, don't be afraid to wet them down. I know that it can dry the skin out because the pH balance of a dog skin is 5.5. The pH balance of our skin is 7.5. And then put that in perspective, the pH balance of water 
is 7.0. So you don't have to be a scientist to understand that if you're constantly getting your dog wet, you will be drying out the skin in the coat. So don't be afraid to put a little bit of glosser, a little bit of, you know, doggy conditioner, the tiniest bit when you're wetting your pet down. It seems a little highfalutin, doesn't it? But it makes all the difference in the world. And you don't want your dog, you know, getting dry skin and dermatitis all summer long. So thank you so much for joining me here on Groom for Improved. I hope I've made your summer a little bit easier and a little bit more beautiful. And I'd like to thank our sponsors and our producers for making this possible. So stay cool and we'll see you next time on Groom for Improvement. Thanks so much. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.